March 2023, and we welcome you to Spirit of Prophecy Church, and I'm here to pray for our speaker today, and he's going to be speaking on Tear Them Down. Lord, we ask you to give Doug your anointing, fill his mouth and his heart with your words, and help us to remember and understand them, and remove the idols from our lives, too, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So, uh, this is something that the Lord's been dealing with me really near and dear so whatever i'm saying he's he keeps dealing with me on this continually and continually um i call this tear them down and that's only because the first thing that the lord brought to my mind was gideon when the lord told gideon to actually go out and tear down those idols he did not say well what about this one or what about that one what he just went and did it. So he tore them down. Deuteronomy 7, 5. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn down their graven images with fire. So, you know, just a basic question to everyone to want you to think about this is, what are idols? You know, what do you see? What, you know, and one of the things that, you know, that first comes to everyone's mind is just this. Just, you know, you see this nice big statue. You see this statue here. You see this statue there. That's an idol. Um, in Japan, they actually have what's called Daibotsu. Daibotsu is the great Buddha of Japan, and it is so huge. It's crazy. And they actually, it used to have a covering over it, and a tsunami came and actually wiped the cover away, but he was standing there. So they never rebuilt it. But it's a massive idol. You know, there are many different ones. We have Moloch, we have Baal, we have the golden calf, you have Buddha, you have, you know, the many different Hindu gods even. All of them are just idols right before us but is that really what an idol is is that really what idolatry really is you know do we really know what are the idols especially the idols that we place in our own life you know what have we set up against god you know a definition to give you of idolatry is, is it's an extreme admiration, a love or reverence for something or someone. You know, that's to take it a step further now is think about that in your life. So right now I have some questions that only you can answer because these are going to look deep inside yourself as I go through these seven questions, I want you to look deep inside yourself. I want you to just, you know, take that step further and say, I have this or I have that. I've done this. I've done that. I want you to think about the first question. What disappoints you? What really does disappoint you when you look at yourself? You know, or around your surroundings, around your being. What disappoints you? 
what do you complain about the most? You know, remember Israel. Israel and those 40, you know, whenever they were, they griped. Gripe, gripe, gripe. You know, uh, Prophet Leslie had a teaching just a bit ago about griping. And, you know, you... If you really watch yourself, you'll catch yourself griping. And it is the easiest thing to fall into. It is the most simplest thing that you'll see is griping. Where do you make your financial sacrifices? Just think of that one. Um, I will go into these more in depth in just a moment, but you know, just think about you know, where do you make your sacrifices? What worries you? You know, I, I, you step outside. Does the outside world worry you? You, ste- you go here. Does that worry you? Wh- what worries you? Where is your sanctuary? This is, a, this is a key one. This is a big one. Where is your sanctuary? Now here goes a good one. What infuriates you? What makes you so mad? Who plays with your emotions? And what are your dreams? Let's go through these one by one and expound on them. What disappoints you? When we feel overwhelmed by disappointment, it is a sign of something else has become more important. It's a sign that something has taken over your relationship with God. You've set something above him. And that's not good. What do you complain about the most? Financial situation? Could be. You whine to your spouse about your sex life. But then, if you look down there, you grumble. You, you, you're whining to things. You know, you're, you're whining. You know, Israel. They continually grumbled to God. They whined to God. God gave them food, and they said, no, I want more. You know, you shouldn't be saying, God, I want more. You should be saying, thank you, God, and blessing him for that. You know, you shouldn't be whining to God about what he gives you. He gives us what we need, not what we want. Where do you make financial sacrifices? Where does your money go? It shows what God is winning your heart. Think about where you actually take your money, where you actually put it, what you put it into. I mean, it's, it's easy to see which way this goes and what problems you can cause for yourself. What worries you? This is a good one. Whatever it is that wakes you up or keeps you up, that's an idol. Because now you're worrying about stuff. You know, what did God say? God said, you know, do not be afraid. I am with you. You know, He said that he will be with us no matter what. He is our shield. He is our comfort. There are so many things that he is, so many names that he is. 
that can destroy what worries us. It's just we take that and we don't even look. We start to set up an idol right before God and just don't even think about it. You know, we need to look at, as we're going through these deep into our hearts and actually say, I did that. I have an idol before God. And, you know, it, and I don't even recognize, I didn't even know that. Where is your sanctuary? Where is your sanctuary? You had a bad day at work. We all do. It, it happens, you know. It, it's going to happen. But where do you go when you come home? What do you do when you go home? Do you go home and, you know, come to God? Or do you go and have some food? Is that, is that where your comfort is now? I had a bad day, and I'm just going to go ahead and have my ice cream make me feel better. Um, do I call my best friend on the phone and, you know, just start venting, you know? Or do you, see, do you go to books, video games? Um, there's so many things. You know, where is your sanctuary? You know, or where do you look for emotional rescue? That's a really big one. You know, you really think about it. You're... You, you know, if someone's not hurt you in your heart, you had a really bad day, and you're really feeling down, you know, where, where are you going to go? You start to think to yourself, what am I going to do? God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and through, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. He is our sanctuary. We shouldn't look to anything else. Those are just secondary byproducts of what we need. God is our refuge. We should look to Him for our sanctuary. We should look to Him for everything. All right, here's a good... What infuriates you? You know, how many here, you don't have to raise your hand, have a short temper? <laughs> but it, you know, I don't have a short temper, but, you know, I thank the Lord for that. Because, you know, I can, I, you know, I can get smacked around and I still, it wouldn't bother me. It takes a lot. It, just the way the Lord gave it to me and I just can take it. But every person, we are all each different. You know, are you competitive? Really, really competitive that you cannot lose a game. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Even if it's a game or what, you, you know. Exactly. Yeah, they, they cannot. It just infuriates them that they cannot lose. Well, that's their idol. They've now set up an idol because they've fallen into this aspect. You know, being, being the best is your idol now. That's what their idol that they brought out. Or sports, the, sports or, you know, they've, they've now taken that aspect to the next step. Someone cut you off in traffic. 
Oh, yes, I had to go here. I really had to go here. And they, you know, they drive too close. They, they order, they'll speed up. They won't even let you in. Oh, yeah, this all sounds familiar. You know, we all deal with this. But, yeah, worse than Tampa. <laughs> worse than Tampa. But, you know, think about that, to, you know, uh, just a moment. Did they take control of your emotions just by doing that? Did they take control of you just by doing that? Have you let them do that? Yes, you did. You let them do that. They let, you let them play with your emotions. You shouldn't be letting them play with your emotions. You should be nice, calm. Give it to God. Yeah, exactly. Take a nice, deep breath. And now, let God take over. Let God be part of it. Because in here, you know, we're supposed to be nice and calm. You know, not the road rage, you know. Yeah. Someone embarrasses you and doesn't treat you with respect. You know, who, you know, I know it's happened to any and all of us. I was, um, I'm not going to say names or stuff like this, but when I was in Tampa, they would not let me move into the position I wanted to move into because they had a prejudice against me. Their prejudice was, is I was just a normal person. God moved me here and got me there. He got me to where I wanted to go. So, you know, was I embarrassed by that? They were hiring people less qualified than me. Yeah, I was embarrassed. I knew more than them. So, and then I had to support those guys that they hired and tell them how to do it. So, yeah, it was embarrassing. But I needed to make sure that, you know, at that time I didn't know. But here it's, you know, that infuriated me. That built down here. You might not know it, but you push down your emotions. And they just build and build and build over time. You know, that's why I said these seven questions are important to you to look deep into your hearts. And I'm, you've all probably found at least one idol in your heart. I know I have. <laughs> I've found quite a few. And maybe you're following the God of me. Me only. Me. Me. Well, it's not supposed to be about me. I, exactly. I want, I want. No. It's not about my heart. What I want. It's about what God wants. It's about what he is actually, you know, it's about his heart. When I came back to the Lord, there was one thing I set up. I set up and said that I want to do what your heart says, not what my heart says. That was my, that was my whole being. And to do that, I set myself away. I want to set myself away from following God of me. I want to set myself away from being angry. I want to set myself away from any of that because I want to serve him. And to serve him means I want to do what his will is. What are your dreams? Where did you choose? 
Where did you choose to be for your imagination to go? The Bible says that we are to take, you know, take these things into captivity, take our thoughts into captivity. Exactly, imaginations. You know, what fantasy are you excited about? Well, those fantasies can go the very bad way, and we all know that. You know, so we need to take those into captivity. But that's actually a very hard thing to do. That takes years. Not just you're going to step right into it. No, that takes years and years of practice to actually be able to fully be able to take those into captivity. And I've only just started working and trying to do that. So it's important to know. An example from my life? Well, for over 30 years, when I left the church, I was stuck into pornography. Very, very heavily. So it was actually really bad. And so I'm actually starting to look different ways because when they come in, now the enemy attacks up here. And to take that and throw it out, you know, I know it's bad, but now I have to put it into action. I have to willingly say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, Jesus said, take up your cross daily. I take up my cross daily to pick that up and willingly say no. But at the same time, if something comes along, I have to put boundaries on myself. You know, everyone will have to put boundaries on their self. You know, I know that something might happen if I touch my tablet. So I have to say, no, I'm not going to touch my tablet until that's away. Because something will trigger or something will happen and cause me to trip. I would automatically have opened that door that I didn't want opened. What's your motivation to give God the glory? Or is your motivation for your own glory, fame, and fortune? I don't want any glory. I don't want any fame. This message here, not for me. Because this one hits the heart right to me, too. You know, he's telling me exactly the same thing that I'm bringing to you guys. What is your motivation? God only. He is my strength, my fortress, my deliverer. Whatever he wants me to do. Wherever he wants to send me, wherever, what, you know, whether if it's on my face or in another country, that's what I want to do. If it's all for him. What can we do? about all this now we've looked deeply look deeply now in your heart out through those seven questions that we just went through look deeply i found one in my heart i'm not going to tell anyone yeah but everyone has probably found something in their own heart and they didn't even know it yeah but what can we do what's the one thing that we can do repent For that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. 
It's no longer at hand. It's here. The kingdom is here. But we still, as we've found stuff inside here, inside our own hearts, we repent. So now let's look at a David example. This is a big example. David was committing adultery with Bathsheba. Well, I can go for it. David was committing adultery with Bathsheba. He murdered someone. He actually lied. He stole. He's now, he's broken physically all the commandments of God. And you know what? He didn't even know it, and he was still doing it. He was still doing it. It took Nathan to come up to him and give an analogy before David recognized his own sin. There was a, this one kept, keeps coming back to me. There's a famous preacher out there, um, and they, he got on TV and someone actually said, well, you don't preach about sin. You know, you don't pe- preach about repentance. Why? It's like, well, people, and I'm, I'm actually saying the way he said it. Well, um, and if you've heard that before, you know, you know his, who it is. But um, he sat there and made a statement saying, well, people have too much already beating down their lives. They already know their sin. David didn't. And David broke them all. Literally, physically broke them all. So one of, another preacher got up there and brought that analogy up there. and He said, no, he didn't. You need to tell the people what they're doing, what they're doing wrong. They need to understand what they're doing wrong. If they don't understand, how can they come back to God and repent? How can they actually, you know, come to him so he can use them if they're sitting in, you know, sin? God is holy. He is righteous. Well, oh, I did. Yep. Um, what did David do after David finally got down and repented? What's the best psalm that came out of it? 51. 51 is about repentance. It's about what David did. There are five things you do when you truly repent. You acknowledge your transgressions. You're acknowledging the sin that you did against God. You're saying, hey, I, I did this, God. I know I did this. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. You confess your sin to God. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Ask for forgiveness. And this is in a time when they didn't have the whole, the Holy Spirit wasn't regularly available. They didn't have Jesus. So the Holy Spirit can be taken away just as easily. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. 
turn away from sin. I'm going this way. No, I'm not going to turn this way. I'm going to set up boundaries. I'm going to set up, make sure that I don't do that again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore the wrong done. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So what idols in your own life have you set up? Just take a moment and really think about it. What have you set up in your heart against God? What have you set up that is keeping you from getting a bit closer from God to God because you know God is holy and righteous and he will you know that sin is going to keep you away from him you know I want to give a good analogy before I go to this verse because a lot of people don't know this but we talk about I am a jealous God. God says, I am a jealous God. Do you know why he says that? That's probably one of the most loving statements besides him giving the Lord Jesus to us. It is a statement saying that he wants us all, 100%, our heart, 100%. Because you remember when Israel, they actually, in Ezekiel, he called them adulterous because they were chasing after gods. So now they've broken idolatry. But they're also adulterous because they're trying to go to two gods. That doesn't happen with God. He wants you all 100%. He wants us all 100%. And it's really important to him for that to happen, for us to be... <clears throat> Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. When you've turned from the Lord God to another God, you now put hate You've now broken many, not just one commandment, not just one. You've broken them all, just like David did. David just only broke them physically. You've now broken them spiritually. I tell a white lie. It doesn't matter. It's just a small, it's so simple and it's so small. It's not going to hurt anyone. But now I've broken one commandment. But now, let's talk spiritually. I've now lied to God. So I've broken that one. I'm trying to premeditate murder to my spiritual self. I've broken murder spiritually. God is my father. I've now dishonored my own father by doing this. I've dishonored him. 
And the most important thing to think of, I'm only going to do those three, but the most important thing to really think of is if you break one, you've now broken number two. You've now set an idol before God. And if you break number two, you no matter what break number one, you now break, thou shalt not have no other God before me. That is the most important one out of all. And you set up an idol, you've now broken one. So now, we want to tear them down. We want to take a step to tear them down. And this is the chance to do what David did. We could take what we see in our hearts right now. Even if it's just one of them that you see, this is a chance to come to God and repent and take that next step forward with him. To take that step that you want to, just tell him that you want to take that next step. That you want to um, just be with him closer. You want that closer relationship. You want to build that prayer closet more. So, want everyone to you know, just either close your eyes if you feel to. If you want to come to the altar, please come to the altar. You know, this is an opening for a chance to repent for God. And I, this is a song that I love. Brandon knows it, and we all know this song, but it's a little bit different. I'm playing it a bit different. So just close your eyes and come to the Lord.
So, you know, in closing, guys, I wanted to really, this is some of the references that I actually got the stuff from. The, um, the steps, the seven steps is from a book called God's at War. And even the um, author of the book said every time he goes through each of these seven steps, he finds something else in his heart. So it's important to continually go through these and walk through these steps so, so we can strive to come closer to the Lord. We can strive to be righteous because it's a continually and daily walk with him. And we should, in our hearts, strive to be towards him. Um, I also, the repentance, I found it on a very nice website um, where it's called Lessons from Home. And she actually went through those five steps from David. And YouTube, you just have to look for the great are you, Lord. Good morning. I was going to do my Sunday school lesson, but I'm going to wait. Leslie sent us a video from Pakistan where she's at. It's seven minutes long. They were doing one of their big deals or big uh, ministries. There were 7,000 people in the crowd and seven ministers. I caught bits and pieces of it on Facebook. Wow. It was just cool. So um, we're going to play that in between now and when we come back because it's like seven minutes long. So just enjoy this, and then after that you can have donuts and coffee, and then we'll come back and have church. And Pastor Messi asked if I wanted to come back. And Pastor Michael Messi asked if I wanted to come back. And I couldn't say yes fast enough. And I love all of you. I love looking at your faces. You have such a love in your in your heart. Aap logon ke dilon mein mahabbat hai. And you've always accepted me very well. Aur aap logon ne mujhe hamesha qubool kiya hai. So I'm very happy to be here. So main idhar aakar bahut khush hu. And I brought my best best friend. Aur mere saath meri saheli bhi hain. Sharanda. Jinka naam Sharanda hai. She helps me every day. Wo har roz meri madad karti hain. My husband stayed home. मेरे जो शोहर हैं वो घर पर हैं। He's too chicken. He's too scared. वो जरा डरपोक हैं। But I'm not. लेकिन मैं डरपोक नहीं। Because I love you. इसलिए कि मुझे आप लोगों से प्यार है। And I love God more. और मुझे खुदा से ज़्यादा मोहब्बत है। And we are receive His kingdom. और हमने उसकी बादशाही को हासिल किया है। He has given us a promise. उसने हमें एक वादा दिया है। He says, I know your thoughts. वो कहता है कि मैं तुम्हारे ख्यालात से वाकिफ हूँ। He says, I know your ways. और मैं तुम्हारी राहों को भी जानता हूँ। I bring peace to you. और मैं तुम्हें इत्मीनान बख्शता हूँ। 
और मैं तुम्हारे बारे में बुरा नहीं सोचता या तुम्हारे ऊपर तुम्हारे साथ बुराई नहीं करता और मैं चाहता हूँ कि तुम जब ये सब कुछ खत्म होगा तो इस बात का अपने लिए अच्छी चीजों की उम्मीद रखो सो थे मेरे बच्चों मुझ में तसली और इतमान पाओ There are times that we don't immediately get an answer. ऐसा भी वक्त आता है जब फौरन हमारी दुआओं का जवाब हमें नहीं मिलता There are times that we are not immediately rescued from our from our situation. बहुत मरतबा ऐसा होता है कि हम फौरन ही अपनी मुसीबत से नहीं छुड़ाए जाते There are times we have hardship. बहुत मरतबा हमें मुश्किलात का सामना करना पड़ता है There are times that we suffer. बहुत मरतबा हमें दुखों का सामना करना पड़ता है लेकिन खुदा आपके साथ ये वादा करता है कि उसका आपकी जिंदगी के लिए एक मंसूबा है रिगार्डलेस ऑफ द करेंट सिचुएशन यू मे बी इन और इससे कोई फर्क नहीं पड़ता कि आप क्या आपकी क्या हालत है आप किस किस्म के हालात में से गुजर रहे हैं आई हैव समेंड्स मेरे कुछ साथी हैं There are missionaries also. जो मिशनरी हैं एंड पास्टर लू एंड हिज वाइफ सुही उनका नाम पास्टर लू है और उनकी वाइफ सुही दे वेंट टू कैम्पोडिया लास्ट ईयर वो पिछले साल कैम्बोडिया गए एंड वाइल दे वर देयर मिनिस्ट्रिंग और जब वो वहां पर खिदमत कर रहे थे हस्बैंड एंड वाइफ ब्रॉट अप टू देम अ डेड बेबी तो एक जोड़ा वो मियां बीवी अपना मुर्दा बच्चा उनके पास ले आए And of course, they were crying and very upset. और जाहिर है कि वो बहुत परेशान थे और रो रहे थे. The baby had already been dead for five five uh, hours. और उस बच्चे को मरे हुए तकरीबन पांच घंटे गुजर चुके थे. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for the baby to come back to life. और वो दुआ करते रहे, दुआ करते रहे, मुसलसल के बच्चा जिंदा हो जाए. However, the baby did not come back to life. लेकिन वो बच्चा जिंदा ना हुआ. But another miracle happened. लेकिन एक और मोजा वकूफ वजीर हुआ The dad, the father, जो उस बच्चे का बाप था he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. उसने खुदावन यीशु मसीह को अपना मुनजी अपना नजात दहिंदा कबूल कर लिया Can we give the Lord praise? क्या हम खुदावन की तारीफ कर सकते हैं तालियां बजा सकते हैं Remember, याद रखिए Matthew 19:26 मत्ती की इंजील 19वां बाब 22वीं आयत में यूं लिखा है It says with God all things are possible के खुदा के लिए सब कुछ मुमकिन है The Lord is good खुदावन भला खुदा है He's strong for you in a day of trouble वो मुसीबत के दिन आपका मददगार होगा वो मुहकम कला होगा He knows you if you trust him वो अगर आप उस पर भरोसा रखें तो वो आपको जानता है We have to say I'm happy आपको ये कहने की जरूरत है कि मैं खुश हूँ मेरा दिल मसरूर है और मेरे जो मेरा बदन है वो उसमें उसकी उम्मीद में आराम पाता है कई बार हमें हम देखते हैं कि हम खड़े हैं और हमें खड़े होकर ये कहने की जरूरत है कि डरो मत जीजस इज विथ मी और ये खुद से आपको कहना होगा कि मैं डरूंगा नहीं क्योंकि यीशु मेरे साथ है मैं हौसला नहीं हारूंगा इसलिए कि मैं जानता हूं कि खुदा मेरे साथ है खुदा मेरे लिए बोलेगा और मैं जानता हूं कि यीशु मसीह मेरी मदद करेगा 
We have to understand that he's here with you. हमें यह समझने की जरूरत है कि वो हमारे साथ है To accept him in this day of trouble, I want you to never give up hope. मैं ये चाहती हूं कि आप कभी भी ना उम्मीद ना हों We have a wonderful future ahead of us if we accept Jesus. अगर हम यीशु मसीह पर ईमान रखते हैं तो याद रखिए हमारा मुस्तकबिल बहुत शानदार है Amen. Amen. Even in times of trouble, मुश्किल हालात के बावजूद भी God is with you. खुदावंद आपके साथ है You must remember that. आपको हमेशा ये याद रखना है And you must remember, say, blood of Jesus. और आपने हमेशा ये कहना है खुदाम यीशु के लहू को पुकारना है Can I hear you say, blood of Jesus? क्या मैं आपको ये कहते सुन सकती हूँ खुदावंद यीशु का लहू Can I hear you say it louder? आप इसे ज्यादा ऊंची आवाज में कहिए खुदावंद यीशु का लहू One more time, louder. एक मरतबा फिर से इससे भी ज्यादा ऊंची आवाज में खुदावंद यीशु का लहू खुदावंद की तारीफ हो हालेलुया गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीवन स्टॉप ईटिंग डोनट्स ब्रेड कम ऑन इन टेक योर हैड्स ऑफ Hallelujah. Okay, so we are looking good for a few things like signing up for uh, bread and donuts on Sunday mornings. So if you do want to volunteer for that, we'll put that up at the front desk. Can you hold those for me? All right, just a few announcements. So we have Kingdom Kids classroom supply list that we're needing some supplies in here, like putty, <laughs> um, pipe cleaners. So just little things on here. If you don't know what you want to bring, just take a look at it. Um, gift tissue, crayons, hand sanitizer, adult scissors, washable markers. That sort of thing. Just take a glance at it. So next time you're at the store, something might trigger. Oh yeah, that's right. The church, the Children's Church Kingdom kids need that and snag it and bring it up here for uh, Sunday. So we'll hand this around. And then we also have for um, Passover, which is on April 8th. That is a Saturday, April 8th. We have two things on here to sign up. Um, if you plan on coming for the Passover April 8th, then you're going to want to make sure you put your name down on this one for each person. So instead of Richitelli family of five, I'm going to lay out each name of the people coming. That way we get an accurate head count. The other one on the silver sparkly um, board is the one for what you're going to bring. And a good rule of th thumb, someone reminded me of it this morning. Um, this goes for any occasion when we have it at Passover or even our church in the park coming up is uh, you bring the platter, you take the platter. <laughs> you bring it um, at the very end. Make sure it's cleaned up. If you don't want the leftovers or don't need it, make sure it goes to someone who is willing to take it or it goes in the trash. Make sure you're responsible for putting it away at the end. Instead of just walking and leaving out and having someone else clean up the mess. So you bring the platter. You're responsible for the platter. Um, so sign up for 
the Passover. This is a great way to evangelize as well, guys. Bring some family and friends. We're talking about the different plagues. We talk about what Passover is. We play games. We have fun. We feast. It is a great way to introduce them and have them come. And then make sure you sign up for the food. And then this one is for Fellowship in the Park on May 7th. These are so much fun. Bring your kids. Bring friends to go out and play and scream and dance and holler and praise God um, and wake up all the funny neighbors around us. So <laughs> we like to have fun with that. But make sure you do fellowship and bring what you're going to bring. Here's the list. Sign up for ideas of what to bring, hot dogs, hamburgers, that sort of stuff. Um, I guess everybody is here because we had spring forward last week. That was fun. everybody's laughing if you have kids you kind of know how that works out too um all right let me see if there's any other announcements on here april 9th which would be the sunday so april 8th is passover april 9th will be our passover service so we'll have one service starts at 10 30 come at 10 um if you want all the reminders for everything that i've been talking about you don't have to memorize it we have the little bulletin sheet printed out for you except the front table. So that will be one service. Come at 10, 15, or 10, and have donuts, fellowship, bread. And on the back of it is where you'll see where the church in the park will be located and what time and where you need to be. Um, on May 6th, we're going to do a spring cleaning here at the church. Woo! That's exciting. Yeah. Don't all holler at once. <laughs> so spring cleaning, we're going to come here on May 9th at noon, 9 a.m. to noon. Um, bring your old rags, your cleaning supplies. We're going to strip everything and wash it and clean it. And that's always really refreshing to have that done. Um, intercessory prayer is on Zoom call. The next one will be April 18th. Oh, there's another one. Did I miss the one, this one? Oh, I just have April on here. 21st? Okay. So the next one is uh, um, March 21st, and it's our Zoom intercessory prayer. Don't miss it. You can come from all over and be a part of it and fellowship with other intercessors. We are not, we are not prayer warriors. We are not pastors. We are not evangelists. We are not teachers without first being an intercessor. So it is important for all, anyone out of the fivefold, to come and attend and be part of the intercessory prayer and pray for our nation and pray for others. What is intercessory prayer? Anybody? What does intercessory prayer to me? You. Correct. You're taking a step, putting yourself in their shoes, and praying on behalf of them. Our, our leadership in the kingdom, our leadership in America, our uh, friends and family that need saving or healing, um, need forgiveness, need whatever it is, you're putting yourself in their shoes and taking that authority and acting on their behalf and praying for them. So that's what intercessory prayer is. Yes, Barb. And a praise report for Gloria. What is that? So Gloria was having stroke symptoms 
and was in the hospital, and uh, everybody interceded and prayed for her and came out of it, and she's out of the hospital feeling just fine and no more symptoms, correct? Very minor symptoms now. See, it, it, all, it all goes for naught. That's right. Hallelujah. So, yeah, that's, that's also what we want out of it is some of those praise reports. Um, I really encourage for those who have um, drug addictions who can't pray for themselves, right? This is a great opportunity to do so. Bring those names and numbers because those are the ones we're going to be deeply praying for. So that is this, uh, um, Barb, what day again? 21st? Tuesday 21st on our Zoom call. Um, Contact us if you need that information, and we'll make sure we get it out to you. All right, that is it for announcements, and now it's time for offering. Test one, two, here we go. Hi, how's everybody today? It's a beautiful morning, isn't it? Nice and cool, crisp. What a great day to serve the Lord. Um, Here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we always do the prophetic act of you bringing your tithes to the storehouse. So as you feel led, go ahead and do so. This offering basket is specifically for the the church. Um, And while you do that, I'll just speak for a minute. Um, what does the church need? Uh, a new, a new heater. Yes, we, we need a new heater. What was it? $9,000, 9,300 bucks. So if you feel led to, to give, that would be absolutely wonderful. What was that unit? 17 years old give or take about 17 years old so it's time for a new one anyways awesome thank you lord thank you lord okay well let's pray over the offering today our most gracious heavenly father we love you so much we thank you we thank you we thank you for allowing us to give for this is our breakthrough we need this or that through our giving we can see the breakthrough And, Lord, I thank you for that breakthrough for each and every one that's given. Father, we we receive your blessings and first and foremost pray that we are a blessing to you. For it is our number one desire to be pleasing in your sight in every way possible. Just like Doug was speaking this morning in the first service. So, Lord, we agree with him and his teaching. We receive this offering and I call forth your blessings upon it to the, uh, to the giver. And may this offering, may this offering multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply again for the kingdom of heaven. We love you and thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' precious, holy, and powerful name, amen. All right, Pastor Lou. Morning, everybody. Well, I love Spirit of Prophecy Church because we have a double blessing here and sometimes a triple blessing. And uh, if you'll roll the slides here, this is for this. I'm I'm talking about two offerings right now. One is uh, this is a Honduras 
children that we support monthly um, with food so that they can come and eat and have service uh, for every week. And it's $90 a month. And that goes to Tony. He's not here today. Um, and I just want to thank you for that. And this offering here is for missions. And right now we have Leslie and Sharonda in Pakistan. And we go to Cambodia and we'll go to Honduras in October. And so you can be a part of that. You can be a partaker and support us. And we go and heal. Does that change the person going? Stan says, does that change the person going? Yes. Yes. I remember the first time I went to Africa, we came back and landed on American soil, and we practically fell to our knees and kissed the ground. Yeah, it'll change you. Uh, you'll see things that, uh, you know, we're blessed here in America. I don't care how poor you are in America or if you're struggling to pay your bills, you don't got any idea. The person living under a bridge in America is more well off than the places that we go. And you should just try to eat some of the food they want to serve you. <laughs> and drink some of that brown water they want to have you drink. You know, we have to buy bottled water, and not just any bottled water, you know, because some of their bottled water still has bacteria in it, and you'll have the, uh, you know, yeah. Sick for two weeks. So, anyway, it's fun. And uh, if you're interested in going on missions, come see me or Leslie or Pastor Stan or somebody, and we'll get you hooked up. It's a blast. And uh, we do change lives when we go. And I think Leslie is uh, speaking to 7,000 people in a meeting. So, we touch a lot of lives when we go on these missions. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, bless the offering. Receive it. Uh, we give it in joy, and I ask you to multiply it. We will take your message wherever you send us around the globe, and we will heal the people, get them saved, delivered, and on track with your word. For the glory of the Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you know, it doesn't make any difference where this goes, because we know it is in your hands. We don't give. Even the Spirit of Prophecy Church, or Stan or Leslie, or Lewin Sunni, or Honduras, or Pakistan, we give to you. And we know that when we give to you, that you watch over it to see that it accomplishes that thing that you send it out. And it brings back blessings immediate now, and blessings into the future, into eternity. And we give it with a willing heart, and we ask for your blessings and guidance on it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, let's stand up and spread out. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can't be afraid here at this church to shout Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead. <laughs> come on, let's put our hands together. for us. 
God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. For us, God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Carrying your burden, covering our shame. He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live. I will not die. Resurrection power of Christ. Alive in me and I'm set free. In Jesus' name. Burden, covering our shame, He has overcome. Yes, He has overcome. We will not be shaken, we will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me. Jesus' name, King of kings and Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega, you are worthy to be praised. Lord of hosts, our Father, our friend, our deliverer, Lord, we give you the praise. We worship your great and mighty name. You are worthy to be praised, Father God. You didn't stray away. You didn't forsake us. You are here and you are here with us, Lord. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. Lighting up a kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the scene of Jesus, enemies defeated. We will shout it out. Shout it out. Hallelujah. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout, shout it out, shout it out. Come on. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, 
enemies defeated, we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, come on. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, we will shout it out, shout it out. Alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. Cause I will live, I will not die. I will declare and live too high. Christ revealed, and I am healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Let there be a breakthrough this morning. It's not about the song. It's not about the words. But, Father God, it's about our relationship with you. And we want to praise you for doing everything that you've done in our lives. And for yesterday, today, and for tomorrow. Hallelujah. We've waited for this day. We've gathered in your name. Calling out to you, your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. Cause you're the reason we're here. Yes, you are. And you're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing through our hearts, filling every part of our praise. Your presence in this place, your glory on our face, we're looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. Cause you're the reason we're here. And you're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, Almighty flowing from our hearts, filling every part of our praise. Just open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your hearts, filling every part of our praise.
shaking together, Father God, be still running over. You deserve our praise. You deserve our worship. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. This is my daily bread. Your very word This is the air I breathe. Hallelujah. This is the air I breathe. This is my daily bread, and your very word spoken to me, and I 
shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine. Thank you for this time we can come and praise and worship your glorious and mighty name. We reach out and we touch you right now in the name of Jesus. Pour out that blessing that we can receive and pour to others. Let us be that light into your path. Let us be a light to others to bring them to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. All right, let's pray, get this second service started today. Father God, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are, for you are the Almighty. You are the great I Am. Call forth your anointing this morning again upon our pastor from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. May this message, as always, be of you. May every word be of you. May the revelation that we receive today be of your spirit. And I call forth recallability in the time of trouble, Lord. And we thank you so much for this pastor and the message today. And it's in Jesus' precious, holy, and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And Lord, this morning we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name for... Thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest, when they see who you are, when they see the heaven roll back like a scroll, when they see you return on a white horse with the armies in heaven following on white horses, clothed in fine linen, clean and white, when they see the morning star, when they see in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, you vanquish your enemies and give the victory to us, the saints. And we will live eternally with you. When we see that, Lord, we will rejoice. We look forward to the time when we can stand before you with no sin, no shame, and live eternally with you. Lord, we know that between now and then there is a great battle. We help. We ask that we will be a part of helping you win, and also that you would be a part of keeping us from the evil that the devil desires to put upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jesus gives us the victory. Now, I'm determined to keep Prophecy Club out of Spirit of Prophecy Church. This morning, however, I have to bring just a little bit of it in because what God has, has laid in my heart is as simple as this, is that He is able. This has been a message now for what? Two or three months? He is able to take care of us. 
and he is going to take care of us, and there's going to be some trouble about to hit. It has to happen for his plan to unfold. But it doesn't have to happen to us. He is going to take care of us. He spoke really clear to let you know he is able. That's the primary message. He is able to take care of us in the time of trouble, no matter what happens out there. So here's a couple of things to remember. With Jesus, nothing is impossible. And we heard that earlier this morning. Leslie quoted that. That confirmed that this is the message that ties with it. Nothing is impossible. Say, nothing is impossible. impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. So let me refresh your memory. Now, all of you have heard this for many years. The angel spoke to Dimitri Dudeman back in 1984. And he said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America in one day, in one hour, so great riches will come to naught. That's found in six chapters of the Bible. God will raise up China and Japan, many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians, defeat the Russians, and back them to the gates of Paris. Well, they sign a peace treaty, but they make the Russians their leader. Under the nations, with the Russians as their leader, all the world goes down to attack little Israel. And they can't counter the help of the Jews in America, so they cry for the Messiah. Finally, Jesus returns in the clouds and defeats the armies of the earth. Now, we know that, but what we don't know is when and what is starting the internal revolution. I've often thought, oh, well, maybe it's when there was a big uh, cheating. I can't say some of the words. They'll take me off again. (laughs) There was a big cheating back in 2020. They get that... Yeah, 2020, right. And uh, a bad guy got in. And I've often thought that that internal revolution could be the good guys kicking out the bad guys. However, what I'm going to show you this morning may mean it's about to happen, possibly even this week. So, it looks like his Trump is going to be arrested next week, and that's not even the worst of it. No, we're not kidding. It's all over the Internet. How many of you have already heard it? Okay? It's supposed to be arrested. Now, what's going to happen? The truth is, I don't know, but I'm going to throw some scenarios at you. Okay, so first scenario is, let's say that they show up at his front door like they showed up to go through his Mar-a-Lago, only this time he's got some guns waiting. And this time it's not just a bunch of security guards, but it's military, and there's a confrontation. Second scenario is he goes peaceably, And then the military rolls tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue, rolls right up, and walks right in and takes him out and starts an internal revolution. I don't know. I do know that the internal revolution is coming because our nation has been ruled by evil people for a long time now. And there has to be a little resistance, though it'll only be shortly. Now, this is also on Donald Trump's... uh, well, what do you call it? True social. Our nation is now third world, is now third world and dying. The American dream is dead. The radical left if I can read, anarchists have stolen our presidential. I can't say that. With it, the heart of our country, American patriots are being arrested, 
held in captivity like animals where, while criminals and leftist thugs are allowed to roam the streets. Killing and burning with no reputation, millions are flooding through our open borders. From prisons and mental institutions, crime and inflation are destroying our way of life. Weaponization of the legal system reaches a new level. If we are to believe the news, the district attorneys of Fulton County, Georgia, and Manhattan will soon announce indictments of Donald Trump. Now legal leaks from, the from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan district attorney's office which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate that with no crime being able to be proven, based on an old and fully debunked fairy tale, the faraway leading Republican candidate, far, former President of the United States of America, will be arrested on Tuesday. That's will be arrested next week. Protest and take our nation back. It's time. We're a nation in steep decline being led into world war by a crooked politician who doesn't even know he's alive, but who is surrounded by evil and sinister people who, based on their actions in defunding the police, destroying our military, open borders, no voter ID, inflation, raising taxes, and much more, can only hate our now failing nation. We just can't allow this anymore. What's he saying? We just can't allow this anymore. Is something about to happen? Hang on. They're waiting. They're killing our nation. As we sit back and watch, and we must save America, protest, protest, protest. You see anything? How many of you know we're in a battle? How many of you know we're in a battle? What's the battle? Surprisingly, it's not the Republicans and the Democrats. Surprisingly, it's not America and Russia. It's higher than that. The problem is Lucifer fighting Jesus. That's the real battle we're in. And if, if you don't know we're in a battle, we're already losing the battle. Well, we know who wins at the end. Jesus wins in the end. NYC law enforcement sources telling me that the Manhattan DA's office is in chaos. They're telling about 60% of the office wants no part of this and wishes brag and rice would just stop the nonsense. They all know there is no crime. Apparently, all being driven by a small group of radicals at the top very similar to Russiagate. Our nation is a divided nation right now. We've been talking. We have been getting warned. Maybe not everybody, but at least this congregation has been getting some of the best, most advanced warning of probably anybody on the planet. And he has been promising us and promising us and promising us that a thousand should fall at thy side and ten thousand are not, not uh, ten thousand is the right hand, but it not should come nigh thee. He has been promising us, promising us for three months now. He is going to take care of us, okay? Keep that in mind. Banks, getting very much worse, very much faster. As of Saturday, 18 March 23, the banking crisis is getting a lot worse. Credit Suisse, CFO teams, are being called into it. By the way, you do understand, it looks like the banks are out of control. And it looks like this is just happening to the banks. Brothers and sisters, it was probably planned at least 25 years ago for this very day. <laughs> the banks are doing this under the cooperation and well-planned order of what they have planned to. Again, it's the big battle. The devil wants to take us down and destroy our financial system so that he can bring in a new financial system, which is the mark of the beast system. Okay, Like the old saying that says, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Okay, so we've got to break the old system. 
we've got to bring in a new digital system. We've got to get rid of the paper and the currency <laughs> and the coins, I meant to say, so we can get in the digital system that'll be based upon your cell phone. We talked about this a lot. Word from Corporate Contrast says Credit Suisse is weighing options under its new pressure to merge with UBS. Swiss regulators informed the U.S. and counterparts on Friday night that the merger of the two banks are planned. Okay, so they're, they're saying that there's a big banking problem out there, not just in America, but in many places around the globe. That's the point they're trying to say here. Shares of First Bank tank 30%. Where have we heard 30% before? Maurice Scalar, Terry Bennett, uh, Dana Coverstone have all been prophesying, been getting this in dreams, that the dollar is going to fall, boom, 30%. And according to Dave Phillips and Jason Meeks, it happens instantly, like overnight. Jason Meeks said in a dream he pulled up, put in the card, got $20 out of the ATM machine, didn't realize, he didn't get any money, so he put in the card to get some more money. Just that quick it had changed. David Phillips said that over the weekend, the banking system changed. He said he was in one dream in a restaurant, and the restaurant announced that everyone please stand up, get your belongings, and walk out. We're closing the door right now for six months. It happened that quick. But God is saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning, He is able. Don't get in fear. Don't get in fear. Don't get in fear. He's going to take care of us. Everything's going to be all right, okay? They don't have the money for that. If they run to try, to try to run the printing press to cover the amount of debt, the dollar would collapse overnight. Foreign, well, that's just what we've been warned. We've been hearing this since 2020, excuse me, 2010. Foreign countries would dump all of the dollar reserves. People would drain their accounts to go and buy hard assets while they, could, while they still could. What happened to gold Friday? Silver? Yeah. Shot up like... Uh, like in the ballpark of $87 or something like that is a lot. Gold, gold and silver went up. Next headline, flash, Russia to practice sub-launched nuclear strike against USA from subs in Pacific Ocean. ding a ling a ling is this ringing a bell? Not a joke. I pulled these off the internet yesterday. Commander-in-Chief of the Russian Navy said, tonight his government will launch salvos. What's a salvo? It's not just one missile. It's like, okay? Salvos of missiles from submarines. In the neutral water, waters of the Pacific Ocean, relatively close to the coast of the United States, equipped with imitation. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say I know that Russia is not about to attack America, and I'm going to show you why. It's not ready to happen. And before it happens, he's going to give us lots more warning. We are not in the dark. This will be Russia's response to the United States sending B-52s to within 10 miles of Russian territory. Oh, you didn't get that on Fox News, did you? Because Fox News is controlled. Of course, we know if Fox News is controlled, ABC, CBS, NBC, and all the rest of them are too. They're going to tell you what's really going on. What America really did was send a B-52 bomber probably loaded with nukes, and they can tell if nukes are on board or not. They have radars and stuff like that to do it. And it got inside Russia's territorial waters. We have already done enough to anger the bear, 
to where they could say they started it. We took out the Nord Stream pipeline. You heard about that, right? Okay. Uh, we've also sent troops and munitions to Ukraine that have attacked Russia. Russia has, in my opinion, been very, very patient. Yeah. We wouldn't have been that patient. I mean, <laughs> we. By the way, the U two, uh, no, the the the, uh, the unmanned drone that was just shot down by Russia. Remember the the. It just happened this week. All the fuel they dumped on it and they reportedly clipped the, the propeller and it went down. Oh, yeah, it, it was in international airspace. But what was it doing? It was tracking all of the movements of all of the Russians and then sending the information over to Ukraine so the Ukrainians could attack the Russians. That's like two guys in the parking lot throwing rocks at each other, and we're handing one guy rocks, and we're saying, uh, a little, little further, little, just a little bit, you'll hit him a little bit. That's, oh, we're not involved, we're not, look, if you're handing him the rocks, if you're telling him how to hit a guy with the rocks, you're involved. We do not have clean hands right now. From the Russian Foreign Ministry, we urge the United States to think about the consequences they are warning us. They are saying, look at we you're making us angry. We don't want to use these nuclear weapons that you can't stop. We don't want to destroy you in one hour. We know we can, and you can't stop us. But you better wake up. Think about the consequences of its increasingly aggressive actions fraught with direct military confrontation with Russia. What's Russia saying? You, you know, this is like two guys in the, in the parking lot, and they got their dukes up. What do you think is about to happen? There's about to be a fight. And the problem is, we used to be the big guy on the block, but now we're the little guy on the block. We used to be the guy that had Jesus behind us, that was a nice, clean nation that was showing all the rest of the nations how to clean up. But now, we're this filthy, dirty, divorced, abortion Need I go? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I keep getting this thing in my in my text on my phone. It says your account is uh, is out of order. Is we've had to close your account. I mean, numerous, numerous, numerous. I don't have an account with Netflix. It's just scam. It's just they're trying to. St- I said this is a nation of liars. Yeah, yeah. We're a nation of liars. More. Putin sent the new undetectable, did you catch that? Undetectable nuclear submarine to the Arctic. You see a problem? Our banks are failing. Russia is saying we're about to hit you in the nose. We've got the capability to do so. We're practicing doing it. (laughs) We've even sent the undetectable submarine up to the Arctic. But God is saying, don't worry. None of this is surprising him. Russians can't do a thing without his approval. Not a thing. Something else I want to throw in here. I'm going to be making a program. One is going to be, probably two or three programs, but Monday's program is going to be talking about the Ark of the Covenant. 
I know some things about the Ark of the Covenant that very few people, I can say probably less than 50 people on the planet know. And I'm going to be telling some of those things in a program this next week. You want to listen to it. But let me just show you the power of our God for just a second. So back about 3,400, 3,500 years ago in the days of Moses, God spoke to Moses, told him to make a throne. That's what the Ark of the Covenant is. It's a wooden box made of, I want to say acacia. Is that right? Overcovered with gold. And the lid, according to Ron White, was made of 600 pounds. Nine ounces, 600 pounds of gold. Took two angels to lift it, lift it off of it. Inside there's the Ten Commandments. He made that, and then 600 years before Jesus was even born, he arranged for Jeremiah to put it exactly in the specific place in a cave. And then 600 years after that, Jesus was born, died on the cross. God arranged for cross hole, cross hole crack to be put into rock, solid rock. He arranged for Jesus to be nailed on the cross, that cross to drop into that center cross hole at exactly the right place. And then he had the sword of the, the, the centurion soldier come along, run at any side exactly in the right place so that the blood ran down. Then he arranged a crack to come in solid rock, crack, so that that blood went down that crack. And then underneath, 600 years before, Jeremiah had put the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of God, in a stone box beneath it. The stone box had a stone lid. He arranged for that lid to crack at exactly and precisely the right moment exactly precisely the right place so that the blood of Jesus could run down and drip on the west side, not the east side. East side is where they put the blood of the goats and the bulls. But on the west side, fulfilling the Levitical covenants given to Moses. 3,500, well, now today, 3,500 years ago. And they question whether there's a God. One of these days... They're saying that there's a very good possibility even this year. Even this year, the Ark of the Covenant could come out. If that comes out, that will absolutely confirm the covenant. What does that do? Well, it confirms that God's real, the Bible's real, the Jews really are the children of God, and, and, and the biggest thing, it confirms that Jesus fulfilled the Levitical covenants and he is really the Lamb of God, and his blood dropped on the Ark of the Covenant, proving to the whole world, the Bible, proving to everybody. And we're worried about what the Russians are going to do? <laughs> Not with that kind of evidence. I'm saying, okay, I'm saying there's a good possibility this stuff we've been talking about <laughs> around here for a while. 17 years in this location, may start happening this week. And if it does, I don't want to get any phone calls, people curled up in a fetal position, crying and sniveling, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yes, we do know. 
We have been preparing for this for a long time. We've been memorizing scripture. We've been getting ready to be a witness. We've been getting ready to be believing. We're getting ready to finally, these people wouldn't listen to us. Now they're finally listening to us, tell them about Jesus. To us, this is ear opening. This is eye opening. Now, to a lot of people, mess my hair up. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. Jesus gives us the victory. This is the scripture that says he makes us kings and priests of the earth. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because thou was slain, because thou was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. We get the victory. So all of this battle is about to start taking place. Now, a lot of people could say, if they're really in the world, they would say, oh, well, I don't want to go through all this. Wait a minute. You know, Jeremiah, Isaiah, <laughs> Moses, a lot of the people that would, would have loved to live in these days, to see the prophecies written going back 6,000 years ago, all of a sudden come to pass right now before us. It's in the newspapers. Well, <laughs> internet, we don't need paper anymore. Who gets the paper? on to the next thing. I'm going to show you now why I believe this is not about to take place. Then I'm going to get to some good news. So April 15, 2002, my wife, Prophet Leslie Johnson, was given a dream. She was told that Arafat would go into the hospital and die there. Well, about two years later, sure enough, he died in the hospital just like she was told. She was then told that Israel will give the Palestinians a state. The Palestinian state would be a temporary measure to allow the Israelis time to strengthen the military. Now, how are they going to strengthen? Where are they going to get their money to strengthen? Well, okay. Oil will be discovered. And I think I know who's going to discover that oil. Another one went over your head on that one. No, you got it? Okay. <laughs> oil will make the Jews willing to fight for the land. Then Israel and America will go against most of the rest of the, of the Arab world. Now, what's going to cause Israel and America to go against most of the rest of the world? What if the Ark of the Covenant were to come out this year sometime? What would happen? Immediately the Jews would show the whole world. This proves their Bible, their God, their covenant with God. They show the whole world Ten Commandments. That's another thing. Ron Wyatt, this would have been about 1990, stayed in our home with us. This was about six months to a year before we went on the archaeological tour with him. And he told us this, this talking to me and Leslie. He said, well, I said, tell me what the Ten Commandments look like. He said, well, they're about this big, like this. He said, it's about an inch thick. It's made of red granite. And he said, if you were to take your finger and write in the red granite, and it's, your finger is the finger of God, and it goes down into the granite just like it melts the granite as it touches it. And he said it was written in ancient Hebrew just like you sign a check. He said when you look at them, there will be absolutely no question. Everyone on the planet will know Nothing on this planet could have made them. 
They were literally written by the lighted, glorified finger of God. And I said, how do you know that? He said, well, if you were to take a warm pan of butter and just put your finger in it like that and just like you just sign your check, he said, that's what it looks like. In other words, if you do a T when you went up, there would be a little curl right there, just where it kind of builds up. When you dotted it, there would, you would be able to feel. It's actually, you can feel it down into the red granite. When they bring the Ark of the Covenant out, when they show them these Ten Commandments, oh, I forgot another thing, and the blood? He said, so he tested the blood on the west side. He said, I can tell you this, it's the blood of human, it's the blood of one human, but it's different than all of the blood on earth. How would it be different? Because all of our blood has 23 sets of chromosomes, 23 from the male, 23 from the female, and then you have an X or a Y that makes male or female. But Jesus' blood only had one set of chromosomes. Why? Because the other one was from the Holy Ghost. One was from Mary and one from... So how do you get a human to live with only one set of chromosomes? It's the finger of God. But there's more. He said that one of these days, the world is going to be able to look down through that microscope and actually see the blood to proving that this blood is God's blood out the rib of Jesus through the crack, through the crack onto the west side of the Ark of the Covenant, proving actual physical proof that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Lamb of God. So the Ark of the Covenant, let's say it comes out this next week. I don't know, next week or sometime this year. Maybe not this year. But when it comes out, and it will come out, all of a sudden, what would happen? Israel is going to tell the world. What does that do for all of the Arabs, all of the Muslims? You have instant war. Instant. Every Muslim in the world now is going to go down to attack Israel. And look here. Israel and America will go against most of the rest of the Arab world. But before that happens, if these are given in order, and we believe they are, then oil has to be discovered first. What I'm saying is, time's not yet. But it's getting close. Then, now let me back up. This was April 15, 2002. Then, of 06, she was heard the audible voice of God give, us the, give her these headlines. Omer ushers in Palestinian state. We do not know what Omer is. We'll give you some guesses, but we do not know. Catastrophe hits America. We don't know exactly what the catastrophe is, but I'm going to show you in just a second what I think it is. One of America's greatest times of need, because America then says, look, you know, we're devastated. Oh, well, I guess I need to back up and tell you that so you know why I'm saying that. All right, so let me go to the next one. March 25th, 2002, Chris Reed had an angel visit him. Now, he went through 10 particular newspaper headlines, which I'm going to skip. I just want to get to number five and six. He saw, this is the newspaper headline, Israeli-Palestinian two-state solution reached. Then, major earthquake hits the middle of the U.S. This is this, and this, catastrophe hits America, is this. I now have 13 people that have dreams or visions or angel visits saying that America is going to be split from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, including 
Leslie one morning when she was praying over a map, just like that one, except for it was over here then. And she saw a vision of the Great Lakes being opened up all the way down to the, well, it was Tupelo, Mississippi. But there's been various people that have seen it in various stages. Anyway, now, my point here I'm trying to say is, then America says it's some of the greatest times of need. Israel refuses to help America. Oh, you split us. Then Israel attacked America, sends troops. So that's two reasons why I say it's not ready to happen yet, but it's getting close. Okay, Stan, what do you think will happen this week? Well, it's just a big guess, but my guess would be we're probably going to start seeing our dollar get very shaky. And over the process of the next weeks and months, it'll probably fall, and it'll fall 30% overnight, say the prophecies. 30%. But not to worry. God is saying, do not worry. I got this. I got it, okay? Now, the battle belongs to the Lord. Isaiah 63.3 I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood will I sprinkle on my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. Now let me explain that. When Jesus returns, and I'm talking about... Okay, so let me back up a little bit. Then Jesus returns two more times. I know that's not top, typically taught, but I can prove it. Two more times. The next time he returns is here on First Fruits, the yellow here, if I can keep this still. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk with him for about, no, exactly 50 days. Then on Pentecost, he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. Then we that are ready go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So that's the first fruits of the Pentecost or the barley and the wheat. Then go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He comes forth and he serves us. Four months later, or thereabouts, then he returns for trumpets here. That's where he burns the tares. This is talking about trumpets, this date here. So what it's saying is, when we return on white horses coming from the marriage supper behind him, clothed in white garments, clean and white, we don't do anything. Him and two angels are the only ones that do the work. He has the morning star. When you, uh, as lightning shineth even out of the east and of the west, so also should the coming of the Son of Man be. The morning star is like the two witnesses, and these are my two witnesses. I'll give power to my two witnesses. If any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. It's a whoo, and it hits the tear, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, literally destroying body and soul. So this is talking about when he returns, he's trodden the wine press. Now, wine is another sign for sin. I do not think Adam ate an apple. I think he ate a grape. Wine press. The wine press represents all of the sinners that are coming down to it. Is this interesting? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Represents all of the sinners, the sinner nations, that are coming down to attack Israel for the Battle of Armageddon. So Jesus and two angels do all of the killing. The two angels have sharp sickles. They slash the grapes. That's the reason the blood rises. The horse bridles by the space of 1,200 furlongs. And the people that are there was none with me. In other words, no, no one's helping him. We're all there. 
I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and, my, and their blood shall be sprinkled on my garments, and I will stain all my raiment in their blood. He's getting even. I'm telling you, there's a great battle, and we're on the side of the victors. Okay, we're on the side of the victors. The dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they rise, awake and sing. You that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee, hide thyself, as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Now, indignation, almost every time we see that word, is almost always talking about the Feast of Trumpets, or here, the day Jesus returns. Or, over here, it's this one, okay, the very last day. But it's still important to remember with the trouble that is coming. So probably we're going to be hit with some trouble financially this next week or weeks or months. When it happened, again, don't, don't get in fear. This is a family here, okay? This is a family. God has arranged for us to be taken care of, okay? He's got it, not a problem. Don't get in fear. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place, to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. That's not us. The earth also shall disclose their blood and shall no more cover her slain. Now, for I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I whet my glittering sword, that's the morning star, or the lightsaber that brandishes his sword out of his mouth, and mine hand shall take hold upon judgment. I'll render vengeance, that's the same thing here, vengeance, to mine enemies, and reward them that hate me. I will make my arrows, that's the morning star, drunk with the blood, and with my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain, with the captives from the beginning. In other words, Jesus gets the victory, and he gives that victory to us. We are the victors. I say that because in a time of trouble, these things start hitting. It's important to remember, wait a minute. Jesus has been promising us now for, what, three months in the messages. Remember, for many years, the message was repent and all this stuff. <laughs> it's like, do I have to say that again, Lord? <laughs> so it's a pleasure to be able to finally be able to say a good message. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. His fury upon all their armies, he that utterly destroyed them. And he hath delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stinks shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. We're going to be the victory. All the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved. What's that saying? In other words, the sun, the moon, and the stars, all of that's all going away. Because why? Sun goes out about 72 hours before Jesus returns. That happens right here in the fourth vial, I believe it is. You can read it better than me right here. Goes out about 72 hours before Jesus returns on the last return, on the Feast of Trumpets. And when it goes out, it never relights because Jesus literally is the light of the world. When that morning star, he blows it down, goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations on the mountains, or the mountains on fire, the hills melt like wax, with the presence of the Lord, or the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the hills melt like water running down a steep place. This is where, in the song this morning, we read that he takes the mountains and moves them into the sea because he shakes everything. 
that every mountain falls, every valley is filled in, the crooked places are made straight, the rough places are made smooth, the earth is turned into a nice round smooth ball with no more sea. That's what it's talking about here. Hosts of heaven shall be dissolved and heaven shall be rolled together. That's right out of Revelation 6. As a scroll, and all their hosts shall be fall down, and the leaf falleth off of the vine. In other words, there's a scripture that says, as that morning star hits the center, they literally fall like a standard bearer that faints, just someone that faints. They just fall like dropping a wet noodle to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. My sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumea and upon my house of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness and with the blood of the lambs and the goats and the fat of the kidneys and the rams. In other words, all of the sinners. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Bozer. I'm going to show you where that is. And a great slaughter in the land of Idumea. I'm going to show you where that is. And the unicorn shall come down with them and all the bullocks with the bulls. And the land shall be soaked with blood. Their dust made fat and fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance. There's a great battle. Not Democrats and Republicans. Not north and south, not blacks and whites. (laughs) Lucifer and Jesus. That's the great battle. And our God wins. We win. So this is the Euphrates. Right here. The Euphrates, the Bible says, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, And the water thereof is dried up, that the way of the kings of the east, these are the kings of the east. All of these other nations coming out here. They're all coming down. Okay? Now, has anybody heard the latest on the Euphrates? Say it again. It's drying up. There's places right now you can almost walk across the Euphrates. Right now. This is one of the largest rivers in the world. And God is getting ready to dry it up. Why? So that these guys can come down. Now, what are they going to do? They've got to cross the right Euphrates to get down to attack little Israel. So let's move in a little closer. Now, it says, remember Bozer and Idumea? This is Idumea down here, just west of the Dead Sea. And Bozra is just, I said that wrong, just west of the Dead Sea and just east of the Dead Sea down here. Up here is Megiddo. Well, we know that it's called the Battle of Armageddon or the Battle of Har Megiddo, or Megiddo. It's called the Battle of Megiddo, or Har Megiddo. And that when the, the blood flows out of the wine press, even of the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs, <coughs> my memory serves me right, that's about 200 miles. And I believe that that is going to flow down along here, probably also along here. When we go to Israel and we go to tell you a little bit of my things I don't normally talk about here. We go to Israel and we go to search for the oil that the Bible says is there. I just felt the anointing, so it's okay to go ahead and say this. Uh, that we're going to go and play over th- pray over three areas. I'm not telling you exact areas, but believe me, I know within a few feet of several places I want to drill. Um, but what we will play is we'll play, pray over a northern area, a central area, and a southern area. And God has shown me in a dream. Uh, we, we think we'll know. I mean, I found the verse that tells me where to drill and a selection of other verses that tells me how deep to drill. 
Plus, Leslie had a dream October the 28th of 2001 that showed her where the oil is located in Israel. So we know where to drill. We know how deep to drill. So anyway, why do I say oil? Because what is it, Eric, that brings people down to attack Israel? That's right, you got it, Ezekiel 38. I will put a hook in their jaw. And what is that hook? I, yeah, well, I, I, won't, I won't tell you exactly. I made a DVD on it, I shouldn't say anymore, because it's getting close to us doing it. But we'll say this, the hook represents oil. What is it the thing that the whole world needs right now? Oil. Oil. For our, our economy today, oil is more important than gold and silver. Now, gold and silver is very important, but we sit here today having electricity because we have oil. We have clothes on our back. Almost everything we have is made or some kind of derivative from oil. The world needs oil. So one of the things that I think that will happen is that there will be a large patch of oil wells through here. That's general enough. By the way, since 1953, you'll find this interesting, there's been 500, let me get this right. I'll say over 500 holes drilled in Israel looking for oil. Today, only seven of them are producing. And those are little to bitty small wells like under 50 barrels a day. That's a small well. Yet God says he's going to give Israel this oil in 30 different scriptures. And he says the oil is going to be used to build up Israel's military. So to me, I think we've got to get the oil. Now, in order to get the, the oil, Israel will not talk to me about going over to drill oil wells unless I have lots and lots of money. I think that this financial thing is all part of releasing, choose my words carefully, releasing a blessing to the church, to take care of the church. And part of that money is going to be used to go to Israel and drill wells. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So the kings of the east come down. All of this by that time will be a big oil field. The greatest oil field on the planet. That will probably begin to dry the wells of the surrounding nations. So says Hayseed Stevens. And that is what draws them down to attack Israel. Now, and thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God. Speak unto other feathered fowl, to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves together. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you. Even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. That you may eat the flesh of mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, rams, lambs, goats, bullocks, all of them Russians. No, I mean, also the Iraqis, Persians and Medes and... You shall eat fat to be full. Drink blood to be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus you shall be filled to my table with horses and chariots and mighty men. All the men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory, in other words, the morning star, among the heathen. And all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. That's Armageddon. The great battle, there is a great battle. 
I'm back here. <coughs> this is the battle. You know, I think I covered that. I'm going to skip that. Ah! Remember Jesus, when he departed the temple, two blind men came to him crying, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him and said, Believe that I am able to do this. They said, Yea, Lord. He touched their eyes. According to your faith, be it unto you. Their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them. Now, I think that's what he's saying to us today. Do you believe that I am able to take care of you financially, give you clean water, food, raiment? Are you, do you believe I'm able to take care of you? Now, let me remind you, this is the same God that fed, well, some people say over 5 million people, some people more like 2 or 3 million people, for 40 years in the desert, out of thin air, fed them, watered them, clothed them, their shoes didn't wear out. He's got it. There are people in here that know of financial blessings that God has in store, that know of large stores of wheat and food and things like that available to this congregation. He's got it. Not a problem. So when the banking industry starts falling apart, if it does happen this week, don't get in fear. We're ready. We knew this was coming. We're all prepared. We're ready to go to work. Impossible. I looked up the word. There's only nine times in the whole King James Bible to find the word impossible. They are, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Let's say that. But with God, all things are possible. Ready? But with God, all things are possible. One more time. But with God, all things are One more time. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus looking and said to them, with men it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. But without faith, it is impossible to believe in. We're about to see some things take place that we've never seen in our lifetime. We've never seen our dollar fall. We've never seen the Russians fire salvos of missiles. That's a shot across the bow. We've never seen us attacking another land, though it's being done covertly. It's happened. We've never seen... I have to choose my words carefully. Such cheating in elections. They took me off of YouTube. Had to go back on. So we had 100,000 subscribers. We're about to see some things we've never seen. But God has prepared this congregation, both here and here, of course, we have more people online watching than we do in here. He's saying everything's going to be all right. I got this. But I'll tell you one thing that we must be to get is protection. I remember that night. I was pulling out of the gym, just finished playing racquetball, and I was heading home. And I pulled up to enter the... Uh, Greenville, Greenville 
road or whatever you call it. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're about to have an accident. I literally said out loud, I said, well, if I'm about to have an accident, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. And I looked, 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 looked okay to me. I pulled out and all of a sudden, it, like a car appeared out of, where'd that come from? You know, one of those, you ever had that happen? Where'd that come from? I had, it's like, there's a blind spot in her eyes or something. And I was in a pinch. But God arranged for me not to have an accident. But I think he did it because I said, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. You've heard about Leslie tell about several other instances. There's been many times God has protected us like that. Thank you, Lord. And I want to close with this. I'm going to ask everybody in just a minute to ask the Lord to wash us clean again. Just like before, okay, well, Stan, don't you pray every day and ask your sins to be forgiven every day? Yes, I do. But just before I pulled out there, I believe me saying, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus helped. What do you think? Amen. Yeah, I, I do too. So in that we believe that we're about to get in a lot of trouble, if it's not this next week, it's in the next few weeks, now would be a real good time for us to plead the blood of Jesus. In other words, it would be a real good time for us to confess our sins, any sin we possibly have, so we can be absolutely as clean as possible, so we will get his protection in the time of trouble. Amen? Agree with that? So here's what I'm going to do. If you want to, you don't have to. If you want to, come on up here and just kneel down, and I want to pray in agreement with you. God will forgive your sins. If you don't want to come, you can stay in your chair and... Uh, and I'm still going to pray for everybody. You just pray in agreement. The Bible says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Wherever two or more agree is touching any one thing, it will be given them. So if you want my prayer of agreement, especially come down here. If not, you can stay in your chair. But we're going to ask for forgiveness. Lord, we don't think it's an accident you had Doug come in here this morning and bring a message on our idols bring a message on cleaning our heart. Lord, whether they're on their knees, whether they're in their chairs, or whether they're watching online, Lord, we admit we're a sinner. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later, and we ask His blood to wash our sins away, to clean us, forgive us, so that in that day of trouble that you will be with us, you will provide, protect, speak to us, dreams, visions, angel visits, audible voice, whatever it takes. Order our footsteps, be a lamp into our feet and light into our path. Be that voice behind us speaking, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And protect every one of us in our congregation, those people that are close enough to you to be protected, that they would be protected and provided for. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, you and be seated. And if you want to be a member of our congregation, you can go to prophecyclub.com or spiritofprophecychurch.com. Down on the left, I forgot to put the slide up, you can click and become a ministry member. Also, if you want to support and you're not here and you weren't able to drop in the box, I believe you're online, you can slide down to the blue line, click on that, and you can go over 
and make a donation. Why make a donation? Why join? Because if you're not joined, then you know, you're missing a lot of prayers agreement. A church is a family. There's a time when we need a church to help us. There's a time where the church needs us to help it. A church is friends and family that are there for one another in a time of trouble. Can't tell you how many times you guys have been blessings to us and hopefully a few times we've helped you too. That's what a church is. It's a family. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. And it's a time to lean on each other in, in Jesus' name. Excuse <coughs> me. Also, if you just ask Jesus into your heart for the first time, if you'll send us an email to contact at pc.com. If I say the whole word, Prophecy Club, then I get emails from around the world wanting to... Send us an email saying, I just received Jesus. Matthew 10, 32 and 10, 33 says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will also confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever denies me before men, him will also deny before my Father which is in heaven. It's very important to tell someone that you've received Jesus. Everybody should be asking Jesus to forgive their sins right now. This could be the week. It could be that we'll see our banks close, maybe for overnight, maybe a couple of days. I don't know. It might be worse. Might not happen yet. But when it happens, and we know it's going to happen, because 14 prophecies say this is coming. When it happens, we want to be ready. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you are taking fear out of our lives, keeping it out of our heart, and that we are all going to be prepared to be a witness, to be in good spirits, good attitudes, and be a help in time of trouble. To all of the people round about us, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And if you have prayer requests, come on up and be happy to pray for you.